The Food and Drug Administration has been making a number of moves to help bolster the cybersecurity of medical devices. That includes a recently issued draft cybersecurity guidance for the pre-market of medical devices, which updates recommendations that the FDA made in 2014 in a guidance document for manufacturers. I'm Marianne Kobasak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with attorney Yarmela Pavlovic, who is a San Francisco-based partner in the law firm Hogan Lovells Medical Device Law Practice and also is co-leader of the firm's Digital Health Group. So, Yarmela, the FDA has issued updated draft cybersecurity-related recommendations for manufacturers to consider and information to include in FDA pre-market medical device submissions. What stands out to you about this guidance, especially compared to the finalized pre-market medical device cybersecurity guidance that FDA issued in 2014? So first I should say that the agency actually has two guidance documents addressing cybersecurity for medical devices. In 2014, the agency issued the first version of the guidance document that addresses pre-market considerations, and that is the guidance document they've now updated and we're talking about today. And then in addition, the agency has a second guidance document that talks about post-market considerations for cybersecurity for medical devices. If you think about the pre-market phase, that encompasses generally the design and development and future development of the medical devices and focuses primarily on considerations of risk analysis and appropriate mitigations to build into the product during the actual design phase of the product and then also provides information about the way in which FDA will review cybersecurity as part of their pre-market clearance or approval of the product, so at the time of the actual marketing application to FDA. The post-market considerations guidance focuses more on what companies should do as they learn new things about their product or about potential vulnerabilities from the marketplace or from other vendors and how they should manage those challenges in once their product is already on the market. The 2014 guidance that FDA issued about pre-market considerations was fairly sparse. It was not particularly detailed. It was the first time that FDA had raised the issue of cybersecurity in a guidance and talked predominantly about the types of documents that companies should consider providing when they submit a marketing application to FDA. A couple of years later, FDA issued the post-market guidance, and that included quite a lot more detail about the way in which the agency thinks about assessment of potential vulnerabilities using tools like threat modeling, the way in which they suggest that manufacturers classify different types of risks or think about the scale of risk and the way in which they should go about managing those risks in the post-market phase. The new version of the pre-market guidance actually rolls in quite a lot of the detail that was in the post-market guidance, but frames it in terms of the design and development phase of the product. And so together, the two are now a bit more cohesive. They provide similar levels of detail and also are more aligned in the way in which they talk about cybersecurity approaches for medical device companies. So that's the first way in which the guidance has changed. The second way is that FDA has now introduced the concept of tiers. There are two proposed tiers for medical devices. Uh, you could think about it sort of as two different classifications of potential cybersecurity risk, and that directly impacts the type of documentation that companies should provide 
in their submissions to FDA. The two tiers are determined by the potential impact that the device could have if compromised through cybersecurity vulnerabilities on potential patients. And particularly, Tier 1, which is the higher risk or higher burden tier, is for products that would have a greater potential for patient harm if they were compromised. And so if you think about things like infusion pumps or defibrillators or other implantable devices, active implantable devices, that could potentially be controlled if there was a cybersecurity compromise. Those are the types of devices for which FDA has an even greater level of concern, and they want to emphasize that in the guidance and also increase the amount of information that they'll receive in the marketing applications for those devices about cybersecurity. The last thing that I will mention about the guidance, and there are, there are a number of other more detailed changes, but this is sort of the high level. The other potentially big issue that the new draft guidance raises is the idea of including a cybersecurity bill of materials. And that's a concept that has been a little bit controversial with industry. And so I note it because for those companies that are making products that would be affected by this guidance document, if that is a concept that is concerning to them, then commenting on the draft guidance with FDA would be very important. So, Yarmela, when it comes to that security bill of materials that's recommended in this draft guidance, what makes it controversial and what is the pushback, what are the pros and cons of including such a bill of materials with medical devices? So, the way in which it becomes controversial is that there is always a tension for companies about providing a sufficient level of transparency that would allow customers, users, you know, others who interact with the devices to have sufficient transparency to make good decisions about their own security operations. FDA has recognized that cybersecurity is a, is a challenge that can only really effectively be addressed by a wide range of shareholders, so not just medical device manufacturers, but also you know, healthcare delivery organizations, potential patients and users, And so there's always a tension between providing sufficient information to allow those other shareholders to engage in effective security practices while not also providing too much transparency such that it compromises proprietary information for the companies. And, Yormila, when it comes to the two new tiers that FDA spells out in the guidance, what are the pros and cons in terms of a device based on their tier? Does that mean the higher tier device would need to have more cybersecurity sorts of controls and things built into it than the lower-risk products? That may ultimately be the practical implication because a lower tier, a tier 2 device, may actually raise less cybersecurity concerns, so there may be less need for mitigation. But in the context of the guidance, the purpose of the tiers is to drive the type of information that FDA gets to review during the pre-market phase. So the idea is that companies would generally generate the same types of documentation, the same level of information regardless of the type of device. Now, the specific risks for each device are going to determine the types of mitigations that are appropriate and how extensive those mitigations need to be. But the idea is that FDA should be focusing their time and attention when it comes to cybersecurity reviews 
on devices where cybersecurity could have a real and direct impact on patient safety. Today we're discussing this draft guidance, but even FDA's finalized guidance materials are always stamped with non-binding. So what does this mean? Does this mean that the FDA can reject approving the marketing of medical devices that don't meet the cybersecurity recommendations in this guidance once it's finalized? Or is there some wiggle room because it's non-binding? Guidance documents are, as you said, always non-binding. The way in which they're non-binding is that companies do have the flexibility to provide a justification for taking an alternative approach. The guidance is predominantly just an explanation of FDA's most current thinking about the regulations and how they interpret the regulations and, you know, what they expect companies to do to comply with those regulations during their interactions with FDA. In general, for a guidance document of this type, FDA during pre-market review would point to it and say, we need the type of information that's described in the guidance. I suppose a company could respond that the guidance is non-binding and provide a justification for why that documentation is not needed. But in general, because FDA has already explained that this type of documentation is relevant to their review, I think it's unlikely that, that it would not be required. But a company is always free to consider the recommendations that FDA makes and the specifics of their product and determine whether the, the guidance document recommendations are appropriate for their specific product. So your mail F, FDA has been modernizing and streamlining its approval process for certain medical devices, software as medical devices, and also digital health products. How do you expect these changes will impact how the FDA reviews cybersecurity during the pre-market process? It's interesting that you ask that because while the agency has been increasing the emphasis that they place on cybersecurity during pre-market reviews, and I really can't emphasize enough how much they've been increasing that focus, the level of detail of the questions we now receive regularly during pre-market review are just orders of magnitude greater than they were in the past. Even as recently as a year ago, the, the change has been quite notable. While that's been going on, FDA has been simultaneously looking, as you said, looking at the idea of streamlining pre-market review generally for software-based and digital health products. And in particular, they've been in the process of developing what they refer to as the pre-certification or pre-cert program. The pre-cert program would shift portion of the review from individual products to companies. And if a company can demonstrate that it has good processes and procedures and approaches in place that are likely to result in high-quality products, then the company could receive a level of certification that would allow them either to forego pre-market review for some kinds of products or, more commonly, that they would go through a streamlined review. The concept of the streamlined review is interesting in in that the way that FDA has described doing this so far would be to shift much of that pre-market review into an iterative, interactive process with FDA, probably through what they call the pre-submission process, over the course of the development of the product and, and during the validation of the product. And then the final marketing application would be a streamlined version 
where it would basically just be the culmination of those efforts and, and a final summary review of, of the final information about the product. So I would expect that that process, even once it is, and the pre-cert program doesn't, doesn't yet exist, but once it exists, I would actually anticipate that it will not substantially change the types of information or amount of total information that FDA would review about cybersecurity for the product over the lifetime of the company's interactions with FDA. But it might change the timing of that interaction with FDA, and it might also change the, there might be more focus on it in the pre-market and the post-market phase once the product is already on the market. So I think the kinds of information that are described in FDA's new draft guidance would still be reviewed by the agency at some point during the process. Cyber vigilance is actually one element of the certification process that FDA is proposing. So the company would be obligated to demonstrate that they have a really robust approach to cyber vigilance in order to be considered pre-certified. So I don't think it will change it substantially. It just might shift when it happens or the way in which it happens. Thanks, Yarmela. I've been speaking to Yarmela Pavlovic. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.